Welcome to Believe and Be the podcast, where we fearlessly explore the depths of human resilience and the strength of belief. I'm your host, Amanda Sparon Dufault, and together we'll embark on a transformative journey of healing and hope. Join us as we engage in heartfelt conversations with individuals who have confronted life's toughest challenges, navigating through grief, loss, and adversity. Through their inspiring stories, we uncover the unwavering strength that resides within each one of us. If you're seeking solace, connection, and a glimmer of light during the darkest moments, Believe in Be, the podcast, is here to remind you that hope is always within your grasp. Together, let's embrace the complexities of life and embrace the beauty of our own resilience. As we walk this path hand in hand, we'll find strength and vulnerability and comfort in knowing we are never alone. Get ready to be moved, inspired, and reminded that belief is the key to unlocking the power within. Welcome to Believe and Be, the podcast. Hello, I am Blake Dufo, Amanda's husband, and it brings me great joy to present her as your host. In today's inaugural episode, we explore Amanda's extraordinary journey filled with moments of adversity, heartache, and triumph all of which have played a pivotal role in shaping her into the remarkable person she is today. Without any delay, let's dive into the inspiring story of Amanda and her remarkable son, B. Prior to starting, I'd like to provide a trigger warning for today's episode. We will be discussing the sensitive topic of child loss, which can invoke deep emotions. If you think the subject matter might be distressing for you, we encourage you to take care of yourself and decide whether you are ready to listen to this episode now or at a more suitable time for you. Hello. And welcome to Believe and Be, the podcast. On today's first episode, it is a conversation with you and I. It is a time for you to hear a little bit of my story and what my hopes are from doing this podcast. But first, the significance of today needs to be said. August 7th evokes a huge mix of emotion as it marks the day I became a mother in 2005. Being called mom by my strong little boy fills me with just such gratitude. I cherish the amazing child that he was with a smile that brightened it anyone's day and the courage he taught others through his struggles. We faced many, many obstacles together during our journey as mother and son. And I am the most thankful for the seven years and eight months I got to be known as his mommy. However, it also brings sadness as I reflect on what could have been and should have been. Balancing life between those difficult moments is a constant challenge. It's hard to believe my baby boy would have turned 18 today. As a bereaved mother, I still count birthdays and imagine what my sweet bee would be like if he were still here. Birthdays, though, are particularly tough. It reminds me of the void in my heart. I have yearly rituals and moments of solitude to process each passing year without my child. Coping with the pain and the guilt about living my child while still trying to honor his memory and the time that he had on this earth reminds just an ongoing struggle that I have. I remember a family trip after Bryson's passing where I couldn't help but wish he was there to share the experience. However, I've learned to create new memories with my family and cherish 
the present moments. As a bereaved parent, I strive to balance grief and finding happiness in life after loss. I believe that God truly grants glimpses of what it is here on earth for our loved ones in heaven. And I imagine be witnessing how much he touched countless lives in his short seven years, a legacy that continues even 18 years after his birth. We are the ones that are left behind. We have countless unanswered questions that remain unanswered and possibly will never know the true reasons. The pain of watching 18 candles burn out this year will bring the realization that my one true wish cannot come true, to have my son back in my arms. It's a soul-shattering experience, and the ache of missing him grows with each passing day. My true emotions go beyond just mere sadness. Losing a child is a profound and complex grief that words and are hard to capture the struggle that you go through. But truly amidst the pain, I find solace in the belief that B would say, it's okay, mommy. I'm not in pain anymore. I'm just waiting for you. So believe in B, the podcast. My journey with my son started 18 years ago today. He was born at just 27 weeks. He weighed two pounds, 10 ounces. And I can imagine that other parents feel this when their child is born. But for me personally, the love that you have as soon as your child is born is one that you can't explain to others. The birth of Bryson was very traumatic. They had to whisk him away as as soon as he was born. And I remembered of that that fear of the unknown. He was born breech and he suffered a stroke and seizures at birth. He was very, very sick and they actually had to transport him to another hospital Why I was at one of the hospitals there in North Carolina and I didn't get to see my son until the next day when um, I left the hospital that I delivered in and, and went to the, the bigger hospital where they had the neonatal intensive care unit. And I remember going to see him and realizing the struggles that we were going to be facing ahead. He had so many tubes and wires. And of course he was intubated And I don't even know how they do that on such babies. But I remember of stepping back and thinking we are doing everything we can to keep him alive. And through 86 days in the NICU and then another 37 in a step-down unit, he got through those really difficult moments And that is when I was able to step back and truly realize the strength that my son possessed and the strength that I did as well of being able to make it through the unknown. After Bryson was released from 
the hospital, we adjusted to new normal and I became a single mom. It was very challenging. It was very difficult. The unknown once again, but we made it through. We together strived, did great things, found a community that was supportive and rallied around my son. And we would celebrate the smaller triumphs. Bryson did not say mommy until he was two and a half years old. But the day that he said mommy, I can still hear it in my head. Those were the moments of, okay, this is just our new normal. This is what life is going to be. And this is how we are going to survive together of setting aside what your expectations are and being able to move through on a journey, sometimes on a day-to-day basis. In 2010, Bryson and myself moved back to New York to be around family. And we were able to be set up with uh, specialists and some of the best care possible for Bryson. And he was able to go to kindergarten. He had a feeding tube. He had a wheelchair, which helped him get around, but he was still really, really fast. (laughs) If you weren't moving out of the way, he might grab your toe. But I could see that Bryson was starting to have independence. And that's what I wanted for my son. I wanted him to be happy. I wanted him to have a fulfilling life. And I wanted him to be loved. In 2011, Bryson had to have a shunt placed. He had what was called hydrocephalus, which is water on the brain. And it's a tube that goes from the brain down through the stomach, and it's able to drain the the water, the fluid, so to speak, um, off of the brain and stop having the pressure there. And we had this surgery um, in Syracuse, New York, and it went well. And he was able to do things again where he wasn't in that immense pain of his head hurting and just not feeling well. Through all of this, again, I believe that this journey that he was on was not only to live the life the best that he could, but it was also to teach those around them that life could be worse that life is not so bad. Enjoy the moments and enjoy the the time that you do have with one another and to be present. Now, did I know at that point that my son was going to pass away? No. You can't try to fathom that. You can't try to picture your life like that because the grief 
is so heavy that it would eat you inside. But there was always something in the back of my mind of what will life be like for my son? Is he going to be accepted? Is he going to be able to have friends? And is he going to be able to touch others? And it is a blessing to know that all of those things happened. But it's also this heaviness that you carry every day. So to move forward a little bit, that um, it was in 2012, we'll we'll skip over a, a little bit of things, that he needed to go in for a shunt revision, that as you grow where the shunt was placed with the tubing, it would it could possibly get kinked and they needed to do a revision, so they did. And Bryson was a complex case to anyone that knew him. In future episodes, we're going to have guests on that actually took care of Bryson in the NICU. There's going to be one of his doctors that took care of him near the ending of his, his life and They will tell you of how complex he was. It just wasn't one thing. It was multiple things. So after he had this shunt revision, Bryson had this allergy to silicone. Now think about what silicone is and how many things in life that is made out of silicone. And what essentially happened was that the shunt was made out of silicone and he got this huge allergic reaction and it took a while to figure out like that's what it was there was multiple testing multiple surgeries in between to try to get him to feel better and when i tell you to watch your son in that much pain and not know what is going on or what you can do and you can't do anything to take that away. He was so allergic that his skin was like almost like this scaly type and he would just itch and itch and itch and itch and itch and he just could not stop. And they finally were able to figure out that it was the shunt um, that was causing that was causing this because we didn't know that he had a silicone allergy ahead of time. It was something that he developed over time of his life of being in and out of hospitals and multiple procedures. So in 2012, near the end, um, it was actually on uh, New Year's Day of 2013, we traveled to Boston uh, to the Children's Hospital there for, for treatment. It has to be said that Bryson went into the hospital in April of 2012. And now it is January 1st of 2013. So it was a very long journey for this hospital stay. We get to Boston and it was an amazing hospital. And the care that he received was uh, was fantastic. They worked through everything. He had some mobility, um, motility, excuse me, um, issues with his stomach. And we were trying to kind of like do a, do a factory reset, I guess you could say, of trying to 
get his stomach to start working again, that he could start taking regular food because he was on what's called TPN. And it's um, through an IV and, uh, excuse me, through a port. And that was what was giving his nourishment. So we were in Boston through March. And I remember thinking, I just want to get him home. I just want to get him home. So we've had multiple friends, family that flew in from all over to come and visit us when we were in Boston. And it was exhausting, emotionally draining, lived in a hospital room continuously in a city that, you know, wasn't ours. But the nurses, the care that he had always received was more than I could ever have hoped for. But we came to the ending of that we were going to be transferred back home and Bryson was going to have to continue on TPN and that this is just kind of what life was. So in that moment, I think that a lot of family and friends felt defeated that we went to go try to get things fixed and the path was already laid out. This was really the beginning of the end. But for us, it was my realization that life is forever different. And again, grief is there. Grieving for what was, what is, and what won't be again. So we traveled back to Rochester, New York, And at that time, all Bryson wanted to fly on was a red plane. So when we were transported back, I was like, oh boy, I really hope that they're going to bring a red plane because I don't know if Bryson's going to be able to handle it not being red. Red was his favorite color. So we get to the airport um, and we're we're starting, the plane is, is coming down for us to to get ready to be able to fly back to uh, Rochester. And thank goodness it was a white plane, but it had red on it. And he was like, the plane's for me, mommy. And that was just Bryson. He took a really hard situation and made it okay. We talked to Bryson about what was going on, that we were going to go back home. And he was just so excited to be able to go see his Nana, his Papa, his aunts and uncles and his cousins. That's what he was looking forward to. For me, I started the realization of we're going to have to get home care, that life will never be the same again. So in the beginning of March, we were now back in Rochester, and the goal was to get Bryson home. I remember one of the moms from a special needs group that I met that came to one of our meetings. And these meetings could be intimidating. You would have nurses and doctors and respiratory therapists and the ones that are trying to coordinate home care for you all sitting in a room. And she came to help me take notes just to make sure I wasn't missing anything. And it was those little things that people would do along the way that would so show, excuse me, 
support to you. It was something small, but it meant so much. So at these meetings, get Bryson home. And that's just kept ringing in my head. And I'll touch on that again in a little bit. But during that last month that Bryson was alive, it was some of the best memories. And someone might say, how can you make all of those memories in the hospital? But when that's all your son's life was for such a long period of time that you would have that appreciation for those that would go above and beyond. They set up a movie theater for him to have a movie day. He would ride around in the hospital with his doctor on the back of his wheelchair. We snuck a dog into the hospital so Bryce could play with the dog. There was just so many things that happened and that we went through that we could have these conversations for hours. Today is a overview of our journey and our life. So there was a lot of things that have happened in his life that we are most grateful for. And he lived a life that was full. In the summertime, we would go to a camp and he would be able to ride horses and uh, go rock climbing and enjoy the summer camp as others would. It was for those um, with different abilities and I have been able to have lifelong friendships that have come from those experiences and allowing my son to have normalcy when he was out of the hospital. His other most favorite thing to do was to play baseball. And in a future episode, you guys will be able to meet his coach and a pioneer for honestly rallying a community together and being able to have a space for those with different abilities. But that will be on a later episode. My point is that small moments of life will become such great memories. Something as simple as going to a baseball field and watching a game um, or even playing in a game is something that you feel that is just part of typical childhood. To us and our family, it was so much more. It was inclusion. It was acceptance. And it was finding a way to live life just a little bit differently. So on today of Bryson's birthday, I really try to focus on the good, to focus on the happiness, to focus on those moments that become a lifetime. I'm going to touch base quickly on the passing of my son. I don't want to focus on that during today's episode. 
But it's important to note that near the end of his life, it was a very, very stressful time. Family was flying in from everywhere and Bryson um, became extremely sick. Very, 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 very sick. He caught a staph infection. And because his immune system was so very compromised, he went septic. So he went on to life support. And for nine days, he fought. And... It brought me back to the beginning of his life. He's a fighter. He'll get through this. It's going to be okay. But I also remember sitting down with the doctors and signing those DNR paperwork. And to have to make a decision if your child is going to live or die should never be a parent's choice. So when I signed that paperwork, I was in the right mean, mind uh, set that for me, that if Bryson was going to survive, it was going to be another miracle. But I didn't want to put him through so much more agony. His body was tired. He was tired. So I signed that paperwork and for nine days, he fought for nine days. He did whatever he could physically that was left to stay with us here on earth. And again, everyone was praying for him to be able to come home for a miracle, for him to be okay, the amount of friends and family and people from Johnny and Friends and March of Dimes and Challenger Baseball down to the nurses and the doctors at the hospital that would come and see us and take care of us. Even our baristas down at the coffee shop would come up and And, you know, just want to check on Bryson. Everyone knew him in that hospital. And that last day on April 4th, 2013, it was a long, excruciating 18 hours. And they did everything they could. And that evening... His body was very tired and it was very, very challenging to keep him stable without doing any more extraordinary measures. And I remember the nurses and the doctors that were in there looking at me of, you know, we're almost to that point. And I knew. So at six. 33, they took all the tubes and the wires off and they handed me my baby boy. And for seven minutes, I got to hold him while he passed away. 
Now, if you remember when Bryson was born, that I wasn't able to hold him. They, they whisked him right away uh, to try to save his life. And at the end of life, I got to hold him. I think it was a coincidence, but for seven minutes until he took his last breath and I felt the last heartbeat. It was almost as though as it was for one minute per year that he had on this earth. And I remember the quiet. I remember his breathing. I remember his smell. I remember him trying to hold on, but I had to let him go. And it was one of the hardest things. And everyone rallies around you. Everyone comes to be there. But what is left in the aftermath is what I want this podcast to be. Is a safe space for those to tell their story. Bryson's story was not done on April 4th, 2013. His legacy continues, and I hope that you will join us to continue these conversations, to continue on the messiness of life, of how it can become beautiful once again. And... I hope that this podcast will give others glimpses of hope and understanding that just because of something that once was, once is, or what it's going to be, it's a journey that can be very lonely and it's a journey that you have to be able to go through the heartache to get to the other side. It has been 10 years since my son passed away, but today I'm going to focus on the beauty of the life that he lived. Today, my sweet boy would have been turning 18, and I can only imagine the loving young man that he would have been. I miss him immensely, and the ache in my heart will never fade. I will forever keep his memory alive by sharing stories of his joys and sorrows, which were a very real part of his life. As his loving mother, I eagerly await the day to meet again. I love you, my sweet boy. Happy Heavenly 18th birthday. Thank you for joining us on this powerful journey of resilience and belief. We hope the heartfelt conversations and inspiring stories shared on Believe and Be the Podcast has touched your heart and reminded you of the strength that lies within. Remember, even in life's toughest challenges, hope is always within reach. Embrace the complexities of life, find comfort in vulnerability, and know that you are never alone. If you have been moved and inspired by our podcast, please share it with others who may find solace and encouragement in these stories. Don't forget to subscribe so you'll never miss an episode. From all of us here at Believe and Be the Podcast, thank you for being a part of this supportive community. 
Together, let's continue to believe in the beauty of resilience and the power of hope. Until next time, take care and keep believing in me.